Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. I hope everybody's ready for the weekend. It is a Friday edition of the show. You might be thinking, what? Friday? There's a Pewter Report podcast? You're damn right there is because it's training camp and we're covering every single practice. Today's one was very exciting because Zion McCollum is taking year two in full force, as you see with the title right there. Zion McPick 6 is what we are calling him today after a huge performance. We'll talk about what he did, which was more than just the pick six. We'll talk about Ryan Jensen, Vita Vea, a couple of great battles between wide receivers and cornerbacks that are on the bubble and a number of other topics that we saw from today's practice. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com that has been at practice every single day. So happy he is joining the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Bailey Adams is with us this afternoon. Bailey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. The fact that it's a Friday edition is catching me by surprise also because I keep forgetting it's Friday. Because training camp started on Wednesday, that felt like Monday. Today felt like Wednesday. It's Friday. Yeah, that threw me for a um, th- for a loop as well because we got the training camp. We were outside. Most of Peter Report was there, as was Scott Reynolds. And then Scott was just tweaking a couple things with the Fab Five that came out today. So he was still inside before coming out. And someone was like, where's Scott? I'm like, oh, he's just doing the last couple things on, on the Fab Five. And then I'm thinking, oh, wow, it's Friday. It does not <laughs> feel like that at all. It still feels like the summer. But another cool thing about today was for the first time in training camp, and granted it's only been three days, the fans were in the crowd today. And I think that helped with the energy just a a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. It was, I believe, friends and family of not just players and and coaches, I think, but staff and uh, ran into a a friend out there actually who was, who knew someone from, well, worked in the Bucs organization. So yeah, there was a little more noise out there today. And I'm looking forward to Sunday when the fans get out there and it gets really rowdy. Yeah, when the pads really get popping. We spoke to Todd Bowles after practice today, and he seemed ready to to go for full pads as well. He's a little tired <laughs> of, uh, you know, judging everybody in shorts and T-shirts. He can't get a full evaluation. Not that Todd was – in the world of Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles was, tight, was kind of angry. But if you didn't know who Todd Bowles was and you're watching a press conference, you'd be like, oh, all right, he's just, uh, you know, your typical guy. But, uh, yeah. That was Todd Bowles today. Want to give a shout out to everybody watching the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate all of you. As Bill says, thank you, Peter Report, for all the amazing coverage and info you bring us, Peter people, on the daily. Bill, thank you so much for that nice comment. We love delivering the info to all the Peter people. Alien Macedon says, what's happening? Shaggy dropping a let's go. Avery with an LFG. Let's freaking go. And Zachary asking, uh, pads come on this Sunday? Yes. Full pads, full go, physical contact to a degree. You know, they're not going to be doing one-on-one tackling drills right away. But very excited for that. And Bucks fans should be very excited about the growth and the progress of second-year cornerback Zion McCollum. We all know the struggles that he had last year, specifically with tackling dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury last year in training camp when the Bucs had a joint training camp practice in Tennessee with the Titans. But 
you know, he put in the work this summer. He's going full bore, and he had a heck of a day this morning at Bucks training camp, Bailey, did he not? Yeah, he did, and it's been really good to see him so far because I know a lot of there are a lot of questions about the depth the Bucks have at cornerback. They have Jamel Dean, they have Carlton Davis, but everyone's like, what about the guys behind them? And Zion McCollum somebody that the Bucs are going to have to rely on to be that guy who can step in because Davis and Dean have both had their injury issues over the course of their careers. They're you know pretty much you can count on them to miss a game or two here and there throughout a season. So if that's the case and they're going to be missing any time, they, the Bucs need Zion to be the guy they drafted him to be. And he's got all the, the physical talent in the world. Um, he's got the, the, you know, the mental side of it is coming along, as Todd Bull said today. You know, things are kind of slowing down for him. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been exciting to see. I know he had the pick six on John Wolford today, and he made a, another couple of good plays here and there. But some, some tight coverage. I know one of them was on Mike Evans at one point. So really showing out in the first few days. And I'm excited to see what, what he can do when the pads come on on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he took a huge, huge step forward, which was super important. You mentioned the the pick six already. That was off of uh, John Wolford. I know Bucks team reporter Scott Smith had mentioned that it may have been a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver at that moment. But nonetheless, Zion was right there, and with that four three speed that he has, took it to the house. Or he may have stopped before the end zone, but obviously in a in a real game situation no one was going to be covering him. And I think you make a great point, Bailey, about the overall depth. There is a lot reliant. There's a lot of weight on the shoulders of Zion McCollum, maybe not as an everyday starter, but on paper, this Bucks secondary looks good. However, if things start falling apart here and there, mostly with injuries, the depth is a big question mark for the Bucks secondary, um, you know, outside of Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, or at safety with with Ryan Neal and obviously Antoine Winfield Jr. A lot of big question marks, and thankfully, Zion McCollum, we're not going to anoint him the, uh, you know, number one guy right away, but Zion McCollum, at least in a little bit of time, is taking those steps, and to get that interception, I think is going to boost a lot of uh, you know the confidence and the bravado of the entire secondary because that's been the mo, right? Get your hands on the football any way possible and create turnovers. And Zion did it right there. And I think the play covering Mike Evans might have been even more impressive, given the talent that Mike Evans is, making sure that it was an incomplete pass by Baker Mayfield. Yeah, because I think you see that in training camp. You see that in the preseason with these guys that will come up with, you know, interceptions here and there in practice, or they'll come up with, you know, fumble recoveries with some fumble luck. And, you know, those are the, the big splashy plays that you look for. But you're like, is it really indicative of, you know, how, how where this player is in his development? And so to see him follow up that interception by sticking to Mike Evans, um, you know, on a, on a far on the far sideline and, and breaking up a pass and, and getting in Mike Evans' way, it was really encouraging to see that. And it'll be good to see as he continues to develop because, um, you know, the OTAs and everything, you kind of heard a lot about Zion and the, the mental side of things and whether or not he was going to take that next step. And Todd Bowles was saying, you know, he's in year two and things he's starting to kind of really get a grasp of everything. And you're seeing it pay off on the field. You know, I know it's, I know it's early in camp, but it's, yeah. it's encouraging nonetheless. It is early, but it's it's all that we can go by right now. And, you know, our opinions can change when the pads come on and as training camp progresses. You know, I, I think people sometimes think that because we 
make a statement on a certain play or a certain player that that's the end all be all. No, we're just reporting about what's going on at the moment. If Baker Mayfield throws a touchdown or Zion McCollum records an interception, that's all we can go on, you know? And then obviously as training camp progresses, we can kind of formulate more opinions on, oh, I think Baker can thrive in this. I think Kyle Trask really looks good doing that. We'll talk about Kyle Trask turning into Michael Vick, because all of a sudden he wants to <laughs> scramble all over the place. But also want to give a Pewter Report exclusive to the Pewter people, because after the press, con- uh, sorry, after practice, we had a press conference. We had Todd Bowles. We had Ryan Jensen. We'll talk a lot about Ryan Jensen right after this. And, um, and of course, uh, Abita Bea as well. But it was you myself and Adam Sly Slavon at the press conference. While that was going on, Scott Reynolds was having a one-on-one interview with Zion McCollum. And I put the Bucks Camp Insider in the chat already if you guys want to check that out. There are some quotes from Zion in that one. But uh, Scott's actually writing up a separate story specifically just about Zion McCollum because he had a great interview with him and some uh, – very interesting words from Zion in a conversation that the second-year cornerback had with head coach Todd Bowles. We just mentioned before how um, I had asked Todd Bowles about if the game is slowing down for Zion, which he said, at least mentally, it is. But this is what Zion McCollum told Pewter Report's Scott Reynolds about his conversation with uh, with Todd Bowles and just his overall progression in the NFL, he says, it's night and day how much more confident I am. Coach Bowles sat me down and we had a ton of talks. He told me, if you're going to make a mistake, you better make it at full speed. He wants me to just drop my nuts and just play balls to the wall and use my gifts to my advantage. We had a bunch of talks, especially in the OTAs about learning how to play this game. That is a direct quote from Zion McCollum and a vote of confidence, a, I was going to say gutsy, but a ballsy vote of confidence by head coach Todd Bowles. And we've heard Bowles say this before, not necessarily the drop in the nuts part, but the if you're going to make a mistake, just commit to it full force. He doesn't want to see that hesitancy. I think we've seen that with quarterbacks at times, especially Kyle Trask, who we'll talk about later. But just fully committing. I think that's what hurt Zion last year, especially when it came to tackling. If you're going to commit, just commit to it. Don't wait for it to come to you. And I think that pick six and standing up to Mike Evans in a Galveston on Galveston type of battle on the deep ball down the field, that's Zion taking the bull by the horns. That's Zion taking the reins. And he is way, way more confident this season and it's already paying off. Yeah, I mean, what a quote that was and what a, what a mindset to head into his second season with. And it kind of is a funny insight into the Todd Bulls that everyone sees, you know, outwardly versus the one that his players see. Because, you know, you get the Todd Bulls, you know, cut and dry, like answers and, and press conferences. And there's always, you know, people complaining about, oh, he doesn't show enough fire, whatever. And, yeah. you know, we, that's a different conversation. But this is the kind of, you know, this is the Todd Bulls that we hear the players talking about and players talking about. He's like a funny guy. He will talk. He will talk some stuff to people, and that's the that's what uh, the kind of conversation that Zion McCollum probably needed. Um, you know, coming off a year where his confidence probably was shaken after last year a little bit, and it was tough. I mean, he came from from Sam Houston as a fifth round pick, yeah, um, and and jumped right into the NFL and really had to play some some meaningful snaps because because of injuries. 
Um, so he did get thrown right in there and to come into a second season now feeling fully confident and I'm sure it, it helped him to sit down with his head coach and the head coach said, listen, like, this is what we need you to do. And, you know, n- none of this hesitancy, go for it and go do it. I'm sure him putting it into those terms too, probably yeah. <laughs> is, is what's going to, what's going to stick with Zion as, as he continues to progress. Yeah. It's a little bit more of an eye opener than just, Hey, play better. You know, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the times, if you look at the history of these one-on-one conversations between either a coach or general manager with a player, a lot of the times it pays off going back to Vita Bea. I mean, early on in his career, he had a conversation with Jason Light in the middle of the season. And it was a little bit of a pep talk. And obviously it worked for Vita Bea. He went on to still have a great career. His career is nowhere near done. And, you know, sometimes players just need that little extra vote of confidence that, hey, you're here for a reason. Zion McCollum has a fantastic skill set which made the Bucs absolutely marvel when he was available when they drafted him a season ago. Like, that speed, you can't teach it. You can't teach height and you can't teach speed, at least to a degree, with speed. So Zion brings a lot to the table for the Bucs, and by no means should they give up on him at all because he struggled last season. To be honest, a lot of the Bucs rookies struggled last year. Obviously, Rashad White was the darling of the group, but, you know, Luke Edeke had his struggles. Logan Hall had his struggles. Zion McCollum as well. You can't keep, give up on these guys right away. And I'll admit, I've said this on the show before, I was a little concerned about Zion being in the mix for the slot corner just because he played all of outside corner last season, mostly because there were some injuries to Carlton and Jamel, but He's finally getting his footing underneath him. Do you really want to move him out to or into the slot and and the nickel position already just when he finally feels comfortable in the NFL? But when he makes plays like he did today, he's making a case to stay on the outside and just be a really, really great backup cornerback that could eventually get playing time, even though Jamel and Carlton just signed these these big contracts. He's still going to find his way onto the field one way or another. Yeah, and I think at this stage, I'd kind of prefer to see him stick on the outside, and we kind of are. I know so far in camp, we've seen you know different guys line up in the slot. D. Delaney's been getting the the lion's share of the snaps with the ones. Um, but it's funny you bring up the conversations that coaches have with their players, and another one that comes to mind was uh, Bruce Arians talking to Leonard Fournette down the stretch in 2020. And you know he pulls him aside yes. and says, "Listen, if if you want to be cut, I'll cut you, but we want you on this team. We want you to be fresh when we need you to go." And it, it resonated with Leonard, and, and Leonard ended up staying and, and playing another couple of years after that, being a hero in the playoffs, and then playing another couple of years after that. Yeah, there you go, Darius pointing it out, because that was another one where, you know, a coach needs to pull a player aside sometimes and kind of just li- say, like, listen, we're going to lay it out there, and this is what I think. This is what we need you to do, and if you're not going to get with it, you're not going to get with it. But it's something that I think will probably stick with Zion, you know, probably throughout his career. I, I think if this is something that turn- he starts turning things around in year two, and goes on to have a long career, he'll probably think back to this, these conversations he had with Todd Bowles and think, you know, that's where it started. We guys talked to Rondé Barber last uh, last week on the podcast yeah. and about his rookie season. And he didn't have the best rookie season, but he came around and turned around. Now he's a Bucks legend going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame next weekend. So it, it is. It's one of those things where you can't give up on a guy after one year. And when you start to see the signs that they're going to be the player that they were drafted to be, it starts to get exciting. And Rondé Barber spoke about Zion McCollum as well, which you can check out on our YouTube channel. Uh, Pewter Report Podcast, Pewter Report TV is our YouTube channel. But no question about it. Sometimes a heart-to-heart can really do everybody really good, really well. 
Uh, this next topic we're going to get into definitely tugs on the heartstrings with a little bit of a, a heart-to-heart as well with Ryan Jensen, who spoke to the media after practice. Bully mode is being activated, but it, it got real emotional with Ryan Jensen. And I really uh, appreciate his candidness and just being so open about the the trials and tribulations that he personally went through when he injured his knee in training camp last year. It, today actually marks the one-year mark of when he injured his knee in training camp. And obviously it's been a long road to recovery or at least to get back for that playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. Bailey, what was your initial reaction to everything that Ryan Jensen had to say? Uh, you wrote the story about it. We have some video as well, but want to get your take first. Yeah. I mean, there was so, there was so much to dive into. I know first it was kind of just the, the decision and what went into the decision not to have surgery um, on that knee and you know how, how the road back has been for him, and the fact that he came back as early as he did. He came back and played in that playoff game. He said, yeah. "Looking back, it's probably something he shouldn't have done." But then went on to clarify yeah. and said, "You know, it's not anything that set me back. Like nothing, nothing. Playing that game didn't really have any adverse uh, reaction. I think he was probably more so talking about you know just the level of play because I, I mean I don't know that he had his best game, but no one really did in that game against the Cowboys. Nah. Um, but yeah, it was just he was very open and vulnerable about the the struggles of you know." the deal with the mental side of it. He said he had days where he just broke down and cried. And I thought just hearing that and hearing him say, you know, like that's, that's something that's healthy. Like you're going to have those days. And I think we had, you know, sim, we heard similar things from Chris Godwin when he was recovering from his ACL injury. Mm. So there's like the mental side of it is tough. Um, but you know, he was he having to overcome that. And then of course he brings in all the, the family side of it, you know, talking to his son and telling yeah. him, you know, I, I can't play football this year. He, he that's when he kind of got really choked up and, I was, I was telling you earlier, I was like, I was typing out a tweet of something else he had said, and then he stopped talking. And I was like, did I, like, I looked up, I was like, what's right. going on? And then I realized that he had like taken a, a second to like wipe his face and kind of like compose himself because yeah, I mean, he got pretty emotional and, and it was just really a really unique look into what he dealt with and what he went through. You know, at, at this time last year, he was going through some really, really tough things. And here he is one year later and you know, they're, they've got a plan as far as what he can and can't do right now. But, you know, they're executing. He says his knee feels really good. And, you know, sooner rather than later, we'll see him probably back at full go. Yeah, they have a full plan with Ryan Jensen. They, I mean, the Bucks, obviously. Uh, Jensen practiced the first day, did not practice yesterday. And he did participate again today. But for the time being, he's mostly just doing individual drills with the offensive lineman. Hasn't worked with the 11-on-11s just yet. Um, other injury news, Russell Gage still out. We'll see, <clears throat> we'll see what's up next week. All Todd Bowles really had to say was, well, when the trainers tell me he's ready, then he'll be ready and play. Bowles also did mention that uh, Russell Gage still the number three wide receiver for the time being because he doesn't want to evaluate anybody in shorts and T-shirts. And Shaq Barrett, kind of same thing with uh, with what Ryan Jensen's been doing. Uh, Shaq practiced the first two days. Today he warmed up a little bit, did some individual drills, but didn't participate in the team drills. But Todd Bowles said that he will be back for Sunday when the pads come on let's get to this first video of ryan jensen we have a couple that uh we broke up a little bit this first one is just how his knee is feeling at the moment and talking about just hearing from so many different doctors and deciding on not getting surgery and what that plan of action was like and just uh the, the overall you know mental toll that that it took on him yeah definitely you know it was uh there's a lot of decisions i had to make it's uh it's actually kind of you know 
funny and ironic today that uh, it's actually a year from today that uh, I got hurt and and all that. So you know, it was a it was a journey, that's for sure. Um, right after you know you go get all the imaging done, all this and that, and uh, you start sending out that to different doctors and. You know, like I mentioned before, you know, I had five separate opinions and ended up going with uh, Dr. Shelbourne, who uh, thought that it was going to be better for me not to have an operation done um, and went, went that route. So I'm uh, feeling good. Uh, you know, ligaments are, are healthy and, and healed and um, just ready to uh, keep rolling. It was some tough days in the hotel in Indianapolis? Oh, it was, I mean, it was, it, was, it was very tough, you know, uh, being away from the family for, for 10 days, you know, after going through something like that. But uh, it was a... I think the, the, the right thing to do for, for me and, and my team. I think uh, I've gotten asked a couple different times from, from uh, separate players that have gone through you know, similar or you know have been injured and, and asking if I if I if I have any regrets about going this route. And frankly, I don't. I think it was uh, the best thing that was uh, for me. Getting back into the swing of things and you know practicing and yeah, feel, everyone. feeling good. Uh, you know, obviously we have a, a plan set in place uh, uh, coming into camp. We're executing right now, and we're finding the, the best uh, plan of attack to, to keep the knee feeling really good, like it is right now. And we're gonna we're gonna keep forward with that. I think uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, uh, it just is what it is. You know, I think there's uh, there's a lot there's a lot I learned about myself over the last last year going through this injury, and um, you know, you know, frankly, my entire career I, I had a very healthy, easy path from a physical uh, standpoint of not really being injured ever. Um, to all of a sudden, you know, you're on top of the world and, and get, get brought down, brought back down. You know, it was, it was a mental battle. There was, you know, there was days I just broke down and, you know, frankly, just just sob. You know, it, it just is what it is. It's it's a healthy thing, and um, you know, it was it was tough. It was a tough year, but um, now it's I think it's it's grown me as a person, as a man. Um, you know, be a better dad, to be a better better husband, and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's definitely been uh, it's been an adventure. Bailey, Ryan Jensen's been on the team for a couple of years, so we know the type of player that he is. But when he did interviews like today, you can see why, with the emotions, why he's that fiery guy on the field and how sometimes he'll get it unsportsmanlike, but he'll also be the one to cause the other team to do that by hitting him or, you know, he at least always sets the tone for this team. But still, there are times it's wild to me how he can – be the nicest, like, teddy bear type of guy off the field and just flip that switch. It feels like he he feels his feelings, and I mean that in, like, a really good like a really good way. Like, yes. whatever he's feeling, it's a very strong feeling. So if he's on the field and he is he is really angry, he's really, really angry, and that's where some of those penalties come from. But like, like you were mentioning with the, with the press conference today, he really was. Like, he was reflecting on this injury and this process he's been through and was really feeling like, you know, I, I, he went through a lot and it was tough to deal with. And he was honest and saying like, I, there were times where it was really, really difficult for me. Um, and I know he went on to talk about, you know, how he had to tell his son, like his son asked him, like, he told his son he couldn't play last year. And his son, yeah. like 10 minutes later, his son was like, can we go play? And he was like, the guy was like, I'm sitting there in a cast. And like, he was mm-hmm. like, it was really tough. Um, but you know, it was, it was kind of cool, kind of a full circle thing because it was one year ago today then he had his son there at the press conference with him because it was a friends and family kind of day. Right. Um, that was like kind of the crazy part, too. His son yeah. was sitting like 10 feet away from him as he's talking about um, all of these things. We're going to get to the next video from Ryan Jensen. We have two more real quick. But first, I have to address this because Scott and I have been talking about it for a couple of days now. And we just we keep forgetting to do it. And he's back in the comments right now. Nathan Elliott says, hi, Matt. Sorry, I'm late. 
Nathan, that's quite all right. But Nathan, we've seen you in the comments the past couple of weeks uh, talking about getting your jersey signed by Scott Reynolds. You need to send it to him. Email Scott at sr at pewterreport.com. And uh, you and Scott can set up the arrangement uh, separately offline. But email him at sr at pewterreport.com. And uh, we'll, we'll get that jersey signed for you by Scott Reynolds, the face that runs the place. Just wanted to make sure I addressed that because Scott and I had been talking about it. Let's get to this other part of the video before he starts talking about his son when he really gets emotional. I keep knocking over my mic. I did it yesterday. I just did it right now. Um, he talked a lot about getting re-energized, shout out Celsius, and um, and just having a new lease and, and a greater appreciation for being able to play because he's, he hadn't really been injured too much up until this knee injury last year. So getting back for that playoff game against the Cowboys – was a super, super emotional moment for him, and he's really taking it in stride, looking forward, looking ahead for this season. Does that mean to you on a personal level and also to be back out there with your team? Now, you were very close with Tom. It was his last game. Just what did it mean for you to be out there? Yeah, no, it meant, it meant everything. Um, you know, it was uh, a crazy road. Um, you know, looking back, I, I you probably shouldn't have played, but at the same time, it was – it was one of the ones I wanted to go out there and help the team and, and be out there with my guys. And, um, you know, it was, it was an honor to be able to uh, be back on the field. And obviously, you know, with Tom's last game, it was a, it was an honor to, to play with him and, and suit up one more time with him. That was different. It was, it was, it was different for me. It was, uh, it brought it back to kind of like my first time I ever ran out of a tunnel. Um, you know, you kind of take advantage of that. You take that for granted at times. And, and for me, you know, running out there um, you know, for the playoff game, it brought back that, it re-energized me. It brought me back to that, that 21-year-old kid that got drafted and, and um, you know, really just reignited that, that fire and that passion, um, you know, that I, I never really lost, but it just kind of reminded me of, of, you know, how fast it can be over. But Is there a much greater appreciation now coming out to practice each day? Oh, definitely. I think there's, a, you know, having, a, having something taken away from you, you know, in, in a sense of, you know, it's football. You people get hurt. That's the way things, the way things roll. Um, but again, like being a, a guy who had been healthy for most of my career, you take you kind of you can take that for granted at times. And then when you do get hurt, um, you know it, it re-energizes you or it, it can crush you. And for me, it just it, uh, re-energized me. Any conversations? No, I, you know, it, it, I was I joked around with with, with Bobby and the trainers. They're like, oh, don't even say it. Just don't even say it. Like, you know, so it, um, you know, it's kind of a you know, you've got to find some humor and some comedy behind it just because it is it is what it is you know you can't you can't live in the past you can't you can't have anger and and, and fear towards you. you just gotta you know attack every day like a new day so um yeah nothing nothing special to me and last but certainly not least ryan jensen talking about how this injury has has made him a better father how family is the most important thing to him and trying to explain to his son that uh he's injured at the moment if you have tissues Bring him out for this one. Yeah, no, definitely. So, um, yeah, it was hard. You know, uh, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Big time. So, when I came home um, after that day, I have to explain that to him. Like, hey, Dad got hurt today. We all played football this year. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, he's like, hey, can we go play? And I'm like, I'm in a cast. I can't walk. I can't do this. So 
it was it was hard, you know, to walk through that and and see him broken hearted for me. But just put a different perspective on stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was it was tough. It was uh, just helping see things in a, in a different perspective and not take advantage of stuff. So, um, yeah. That was, sure, he's very proud. Yeah, it was it was it was cool. It was uh, in that moment it was a uh, uh, for me some clarity on on what's truly you know important. So um, you know football is important, but you know family family is everything. So again, thank you to Ryan Jensen for just his his really his being open about all of this. Um, it's it's. I think a lot of people will, will take some great things from, from his own personal story and maybe even apply it to their own life about just kind of overcoming really any obstacle in front of him. So I appreciate him being so candid about it. Um, but a re-energized Ryan Jensen looking forward now, what can Ryan Jensen, if he's healthy, if he's reinvigorated as he's been talking about Bailey, what can that do for this offensive line? Yeah, I mean he's the heart of the offensive line. Not not just because he plays center, but just because of the way he because of the way he plays it. The way yeah. he plays that position is, you know, he and we've talked about it last year. I don't think that Robert Hainsey did a terrible job last year. I think he stepped in pretty admirably in a really tough position, but he just there's something missing when Ryan Jensen isn't on the field in terms of that mean streak, in terms of that just that fire. Um so I mean him him being back to full health and him him getting back out there is going to be really key because the rest of this offensive line is you know it, there's a lot of change and you yeah. got Tristan Wirfs who and it was actually interesting to get some perspective from uh from Ryan Jensen about the way some of these guys look saying that you know Tristan Wirfs is making the, the switch to left tackle look seamless he said Gedeke looks like way more confident um this year and year two you know kind of back to the same theme as Zion McCollum um but there are guys stepping in that are in different positions that are new a rookie rookie and Cody Malk and Ryan Jensen is kind of that constant. I know he wasn't there last year, so it's, it's tough to call him a constant, but for, for years now, he has been the anchor of that offensive line. So having him back at full health could be a, a game changer for this group. I'm, I'm in full agreement. Uh, his value to this team, it's really tough to quantify because he, he's so valuable in so many different ways. So as Ryan Jensen said, he is re-energized this year. And as someone said in the comments, he's probably drinking Celsius. Of course, Celsius is the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Make Celsius your number one pick. They have so many delicious flavors, including the new Cosmic Vibe. It's a sparkling fruit punch. You also got the sparkling lemon lime, sparkling orange. Arctic Vibe is probably my favorite. I'm actually drinking the grape right now, sparkling grape. So a ton of awesome different flavors. Uh, if you go to the Celsius store locator and punch in your address, you can find out where to go get one, where you can go to your local uh, convenience store or your bodega to pick one up. And then if you want to buy them in bulk, go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. Have Celsius sent to your resident every uh, week, quarterly, monthly, yearly. Uh, get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. So make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. We're just going to show a couple more pictures of these beauties that are Celsius energy drink. Peach vibe is great. Tropical vibe as well. Don't forget about that Oasis vibe. Scott Reynolds was drinking that today. 
and of course the cosmic vibe. Bailey, I believe you have the cosmic vibe today. Sure do. Cosmic yeah. vibe. Want to give it a um, review? I got the grape, but yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's it's making its way into my top five. I think uh, I've, nice. I've had a few there. I don't want to say certainly that it's there yet, but it's it's up there, and I'm really really enjoying it. Awesome. Very very cool. I think Bucks fans are also enjoying this quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I think so far through three days, and I'm not really going to declare a winner one way or, or another. I think it's been actually pretty close overall but a lot of exciting exciting play from baker and kyle trask today particularly in my opinion during the two minute drill that was some awesome awesome football bailey you and i were sitting next to each other as this went on baker started out with the two minute drill he did get the start today with the ones they're going to alternate every single day so don't read too much into it but Baker, I even tweeted out, I said, Baker was a maestro uh, at quarterback today because he was going through his progressions. He didn't always go to the number one option, but he did it in a timely and quick manner and was just slicing and dicing the defense all over the field. It was a great sight to see. A um, little bit more of shorter to intermediate uh, route type of uh, throws in this two-minute drill specifically. Um, hit a couple of receivers, but he's really hitting it off as well. Both quarterbacks are with tight end David Wells. And Baker led the drive 70 yards down the field. David Wells had three catches on that drive, including the touchdown. And then Kyle Trask also led the team 70 yards down the field. He had some of the longer throws in this period specifically, um, throwing it down, and then connected with Ryan Miller, who was a tight end, now wide receiver, for a touchdown. Um, what'd you think of that, um, that performance in the two minute drill by both of them? And uh, just your overall thoughts on, on how Baker and Kyle Trask looked today. I think it was a great look at how close this is right now. And obviously as you know, to put on my Todd Bowles hat, you know, I'm not going to evaluate anybody in, in shorts and in a helmet, but they, they both really, really took it uh, that two minute drill and, and really looked pretty good. Baker was to me was was interesting. Was he could find he was just finding the open spots in the defense, and he was going like he's mentioned. He was going through his yes. progressions really well. And there was one play in particular where I think he he kind of extended the play. He rolled out to his right, and you know was going through his progressions as he's rolling to the right. You know, a big big feature of Dave Canales' offense. And you know he found a soft spot in the defense. I think it was one of Wells's catches. He just Wells got himself open, and he got you know probably seven eight yards on the play. Um, and it was a really good look at, you know, what Mayfield brings you, you know, out of out of it's kind of those out of structure plays a little bit. Um, and it, it's something that he can really use to his advantage in Canales' offense. But Kyle Trask has, has been doing that himself. You know, he's been throwing on the run. He's been moving a lot. He's been very decisive on knowing when to take off on scrambles up the middle. Like you mentioned earlier, he's kind of turned himself into Michael Vick. Yeah, he's Michael um, Vick now. <laughs> yeah, which has kind of been funny to watch. But I, I thought he – there were some early things in, in his two minute drill where, you know, probably could have been a little discouraging. I know Trey Palmer had a, had a draw. Uh, he completed one to Trey Palmer, then he overthrew Payne Durham and then Geiger dropped the pass. So you're kind of looking at, you know, a little bit of a stall to start the, start the drive. And then he kind of just started clicking. He hit Durham and like on a tight window throw yeah. over the middle, really good throw, really good catch. And, you know, he ended up getting a, a pass to Geiger later in that drive, then found Ryan Miller and both guys right now, it's looking you know, both of them had one interception yesterday. Both of them, you know, both of them didn't have any interceptions today. It was, 
uh, John Wolford with the joining the interception party. Now every quarterback has thrown one in camp, um, but there really hasn't. That's been the other thing that stuck out to me is that uh, I, I think it's a byproduct a little bit of Canales' offense is it's not as no risk it, no biscuit as the previous yeah. one, because you're not seeing a lot of interception. You're not even seeing a lot of you know pass breakups. There's not a lot of uh, high risk throws so far from what we've seen. And these guys are getting their easy completions. They're finding the, the soft spots in the defense guys are getting open and it, it has been for both of them. I think things are clicking for them right now. And it's been really fun to watch as you know, you kind of look at the difference between mini camp and now, and you've already seen, you know, some growth there. Canales has talked about it and you know, it's going to be only continue, I think as, as time goes on and preseason, you know, first preseason games two weeks from today. So we're yeah. going to get to see that, um, you know, live, live and in person. I think you hit the nail on the head where, there's been no indecisiveness by either quarterback. Like I've been really impressed with what Kyle Trask has done in terms of when he's going to tuck it and run, he commits to it. He doesn't like wait around and, and stutter step and then decide to run. He runs almost immediately if the window is open and no one's and no one's open. I'm not saying he's taking off and running every single time. And I think Baker has been getting rid of the ball in a timely manner, like I said before, and um, you know, not throwing it into any difficult windows or, or tough situations. Like, sure, there's going to be tight throws here and there, but both guys, like Kyle Trask made a great throw to the sideline today. It wasn't caught by the wide receiver, but it was a spot-on dime by Kyle Trask. And Baker, The only I'll give a slight advantage to Baker right now, just in terms of he seems to, and this isn't the end-all, be-all, but Baker's the one that seems to have the big plays down the field a little bit more and is reaching the end zone. Um, he had two nice touchdowns today one it was a red zone drill it was just a, a measly slant. i shouldn't say measly it was just a slant <laughs> to mike evans with jamel dean covering him but that's the stuff we were looking for last year and we didn't get yep. it one-on-one -on -one opportunities for mike evans to let mike be mike evans and let baker bake i have to say that i'm contractually obligated to say that at least once a uh once an Not episode too. but you know he threw to mike evans on the slant bam touchdown that's what this bucks offense should look like when they're inside the 20-yard line, the 10-yard line, and so on. And then probably the best play of the day offensively was a throw over the middle by Baker Mayfield. He's righty, so he'd go like this, but I'm lefty. So a throw by Baker Mayfield over the middle. Chris Godwin jumped, caught it, showed his athleticism. I believe Kayvon Merriweather was the one guarding him on the play. Chris Godwin looked like Michael Jordan in Space Jam when he's <laughs> jumping from half court trying to you know dunk the basketball in. I think it's going to be the first of many for Chris Godwin. I know Drake is the sixth God, but I'm going to start calling Chris Godwin the sixth God because he's going to have reservations <laughs> for six in the end zone a lot of times this year. And Baker's just been connecting with them uh, pretty early and often. Not to say that Kyle Trask isn't. There's a lot of things that I've liked from Kyle Trask so far, but that's kind of what I've seen from Baker. The one knock I have on Baker specifically for today, when Baker was going deep, the deep ball was not looking good. There was at least three throws today in 11-on-11s where he went deep. One of them was for Mike, and it was just very, very short. Mike had to, like, readjust and still couldn't make the play. The other one was a deep ball to Mike that was uh, broken up by Zion McCollum, as we talked about earlier. The third one wasn't really that close either. I'm not going to say, oh, Baker can't throw the deep ball. He's done. But as far as, you know, can't all be 100% positive. If I had to knock Baker for one thing, it would be his deep ball today. It wasn't really on par. 
Yeah, it's just one of those things that's not quite there yet, and you know, it can come with time. The the one thing that I mentioned to you when we were out there at practice was we're not seeing Trask really get a chance yes. to to make those throws, which is I, I found kind of odd. You're seeing the the longer ones dialed up for Baker, and you know he hasn't been able to connect on them. Trask hasn't been really getting a chance to to show whether or not he can hit on those deep passes. Um, but no, I, I think what you mentioned about Baker kind of getting on the same page as. Uh, as both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you're seeing that with Kyle Trask too. Uh, he, he was hit, hitting some guys today, and I know at one point uh, they're doing the quarterback wide receiver drills, and um, you know he's working with the guys. And afterwards, you know, in between the periods, he's over there talking to Chris Godwin, and him and Godwin are having a conversation, um, you know, just one on one, just like I'm yeah. sure talking like what you know, how do you want the how do you want the ball, where do you want the ball, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, quarterback telling the receiver what he wants from him, receiver probably telling him, you know, put the ball here. So you're seeing it from both quarterbacks, and it, it really is interesting um, how how close this thing is right now. And David Wells, man, as a, as the tight end, David Wells, the football player, not the uh, not the pitcher, <laughs> who was a pretty cool dude himself, even though he played for the Yankees or the Stinkies, as uh, that one sign said. In the <laughs> that picture cracks me up every single time that I see it. Uh, some people know what I'm talking about. Anyway, David Wells continues to impress as a receiver. Now, it's a big if cuz once those pads come on, we got to see how he is as a blocker. But and I'm not putting too much stock into, oh, what does this mean for Payne Durham? Like he's a rookie, he was a day 3 pick for a reason. He's going to progress along. David Wells through three practices has put on a great performance at least as a receiver and that he is the oldest receiver or sorry, he's the oldest tight end that the Bucks have in the room right now. So kudos to him for doing a great job through uh, through these early practices already. Yeah, you know, it's it's a young group, and he has. He showed out. I think he's been getting a, a little more opportunity so far than Payne Durham. Durham, I know I mentioned just now, had that catch during the two-minute, but Wells had the three catches on that drive and is really, really looking good. Uh, I think the tight ends in general are getting involved a lot. Otten had yeah. quite Otten a few catches. Single day. Every single day, yeah. Kate Otten's making a big play. And even Coquif, I've I've noticed. I think in the first few days of practice, is getting practice passing. Getting a yeah, he's getting a lot more targets. And just in general, it seems like I'm looking up every once in a while and seeing him catching the ball. Um, and I know last year it was kind of a tell when he was in the game. Like, all right, he's gonna yeah. block. You know, what, what's he gonna do on this play? I'll, I'll bet you five dollars he's gonna block. Yeah, yeah. But if he can develop that side of his uh, his game a little bit more and catch more passes and, and be a threat in the passing game, just just kind of throw the defense off a little bit, which I'm sure Dave Canales is gonna want him to do. You know, that, that would be huge for him and huge for the Bucks' offense. I don't want to give too much away, but he's not just lining up in the backfield. He's doing a lot more in this offense, which uh, is very, very interesting to see. Bailey, we got to talk about uh, two other young players, two undrafted free agents that are having an awesome battle in a matchup between a wide receiver and a cornerback. I want them to fight forever. I said this to you. <laughs> On the sideline at practice today, I want them to fight forever like Peter Griffin from Family Guy and the Chicken where they randomly fight each other like at least once a season uh, <laughs> since they started that bit. And that is the matchup between wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett, who we've spoken about on the show, some of the great plays that he's made, and cornerback Keenan, sorry, uh, yeah, Keenan Isaac from Alabama State going toe-to-toe almost every single time. I really enjoy what I've seen from them. It started out early in a big play that we tweeted about. I don't know if it's going to hit the rounds on social media, but we were sitting right on the sideline 
where some of the media can be. It was all a pewter report. And Isaac is covering Rakeem Jarrett. I don't recall who was throwing at the time. I, I want to say it was Kyle Trask. Yeah. Um, and I it think. was a sideline route. Isaac is right there, but Rakeem Jarrett makes the play. And remember, they're running full speed. And there's a camera woman, forgive me, uh, I don't know her name. But, you know, she's got in all the video for the Bucks. They obviously put a lot of stuff out on their uh, on their social media. They're going full speed. Jarrett makes the play. They both collide into her. She tumbles backwards, keeps the camera, which I imagine it's a very expensive oh, camera, keeps yeah. the camera, like, upright where you may have hit the ground a little bit, but not enough to, like, seriously damage it. She tumbles over, flip, flips backwards, immediately pops up, both players are, like, checking on her to see if she's okay. She's like, I'm good, I'm good, go back to practice. And she received a well-deserved round of applause from the fans, from ourselves. That was a football-tough play. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to that Bucks camera woman. I don't know her name, but it was an absolutely awesome, awesome moment for her. Stayed with the shot the entire time, got that shot, and popped right back up and and kept uh, kept working the rest of practice. So uh, yeah. just wanted to give her a shout-out real quick. But even more than that, that was just one of their battles. Uh, Keenan Isaac made a diving play on Rakeem Jarrett uh, in the red zone drills. These guys are both going at it hard. They're both making plays. J- uh, Jarrett might win one rep, but Keenan Isaac wins the next one. Todd Bowles talked about Keenan Isaac uh, the other day. This is a super, super fun matchup for two guys on the bubble that are trying to make this team. They're going all out. Shout out AEW. Two guys that I would really like to see make the team at, at, at this stage. I know it's still very early. It's yeah. keep qualifying that. But they are a lot of fun to watch when they match up with each other. Both of them really are, are, are impressing early on. And, yeah, shout out to that to that camera woman. She was an absolute pro. Um, but it, it, was, it, was, it was fun to watch these two go after, after each other because – I think the first couple of days, Jarrett has really made an impression on me. Um, really look, looks like a guy who could probably crack the roster as maybe the, the fifth or sixth receiver. Um, you know, you've obviously got the established top two. You've got Gage still at three. And then you probably have Palmer at four right now. But, you know, Jarrett and, and Devin Tompkins, I think, are both kind of going um, right at each other for that fifth spot right now. And, and you're seeing some from Ryan Miller. You've seen all these guys. But Keenan Isaac is really, really stepping up as someone who – wants to probably solidify himself. As we mentioned earlier, there's not a lot of depth behind um, Carlton Davis, Jamel yeah. Dean, and then Zion McCollum. There's not a lot of depth there. So Keenan Isaac has a, has a path to to make the roster and probably play some meaningful snaps this year, and he's making the most of it so far. Yeah, it's really been awesome to see. Um, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with so much more to go with uh, with practice. Overall, a couple other news and notes. Uh, The kicking competition between McLaughlin and Blankenship. Both were perfect today and both hit from pretty far out. Right, Bailey? I believe 58 yards. Both known for their leg. Yeah, that's what I heard. It was from 58. It was it was a deep one. And um, so far, it's been interesting to see how they've 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 gone with this in camp so far. And it might change once the pads come on and once they kind of structure practice a little differently. But Last year, if you remember, I know Ryan Suckup would have one day and then Jose Borgales would have the other day. They'd kind of alternate days. This time, you know, this so far out, out there this year, they've got both kickers kicking every day, um, which I think is, is, a little more, is a little more fun to watch. It's kind of, you know, one guy goes, and then it's the next guy. And you kind yeah. of see, you know, the first guy, he goes five for five. Now the pressure's on the next guy. So, you know, I think you can, anytime you can ramp up pressure like that um, in a training camp setting is going to help. 
especially with a kicker. Agreed. Also, um, as far as punt return goes, you had uh, Devin Tompkins was technically first. You also had um, Trey Palmer and Caitlin Geiger in the mix as well. That's a long way to go, and obviously the preseason games will decide that. But when it comes to kicking, one of my favorite prop bets to do, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, over under the amount of field goals in a game. It's usually like either two and a half or three and a half. You can also do longest field goal distance, shortest field goal distance over under. Um, if you want to make all these prop bets, of course, go ahead and do it over at mybookie.ag. Football season's coming up very soon. They also have an online casino, which is super fun. Um, it's new and improved and here to change the game. You can dive into truly realistic casino experiences featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. Your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R. And that's not all, because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. So the more you play, the more you win. Play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. And of course, get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus using the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So go to MyBookie.ag, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. And get some free cash in your account. Always good to make a bet on my bookie because you can bet on all different sports, all different events. And obviously, it's most fun when football season gets around. Um, as we close out the show, we talked about speaking with Todd Bowles and Ryan Jensen. We also had a word with Vita Veya as well, a uh, new father. He talk, talked a lot about. Um, his daughter, Honey, who was born in May. So congratulations to Vita Bea on that. And obviously, we wanted to know his opinion on Kalijah Kansi, who he's going to be lining up next to. So let's hear from Vita Bea. How has that relationship gone so far? What have you seen with the young man? Uh, that relationship's growing every day. You know, still, still getting to know each other. You know, the time's still early, but, we're, you know, he's, he's showing a lot of bright uh, side, upside on his, in his future, um, you know, He's still, uh, he's, he's surprisingly, um, he's surprising all of us every day, uh, his knowledge on the game and his, uh, his work ethic, and, you know, how he's, how he's playing the game. So, um, just excited to get out there with him and just seeing the growth. I also want to get Vita Vey's opinion on this because the other day we spoke to Will Golston and uh, Will was saying that some of the guys that, you know, he hadn't seen in the offseason or because he couldn't go to the facility, some of the guys looked absolutely jacked. And Will Golson happened to say that Pat O'Connor, number 79, looked like a – he said he's jacked up and said that he looks like the Hulk with a beard. Now, uh, he plays on the D-line with Will Golston and Vita Vea and has a uh, pretty good friendship with Vita. So I want to know if Vita agreed with that sentiment. So to be fair, we're going to play Will's video and Vita's video. They're, they're both together and we'll get Vita Vea's opinion on that. Walking through the hall, some of them guys jacked up. They walking around big and stout. I'm like, man, yeah, I'm excited. Who are some of those guys? Pat O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah. I look like the Hulk right now with a beard. It's crazy. <laughs> he wasn't that big when I left, but the dude is huge now. 
beat of the other day, Will Golston said that Pat O'Connor looks like the Incredible Hulk with a beard. Would you agree with that, or what have you seen with the, the work that Pat's put in? Definitely not the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> 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 I don't know, me and Pat got a good relationship, so I'm, you know, I'm trolling them right now. But, you know, uh, Pat's that, uh, he's one of those guys with the jack of all trades in there for us, you know, to go in there and play um, each position in, in, on the line. Good stuff from Vita Vea there. Obviously, just having some fun with uh, with a good friend of his. And of course, Kalasha Kansi isn't the newest defensive tackle in the room. There's also another familiar face to Vita Vea specifically. That's Greg Gaines, who comes over from the Rams. They were teammates and college roommates at the University of Washington. And Vita commented on having Greg Gaines as a teammate once again. Everything. Uh, defensively, everything you know been pretty much the same. You know, a lot of recall for us. Um, you know, so all, a lot of the new guys that came in and uh, picked it up pretty fast. Um, I actually played with Green in, in college, so you know we were roommates in college. So, um, that chemistry still there, so still building on uh, everybody else. I think you know his what he put on tape is what you know got him here. Um, I think you know he. He's done, he's done a lot uh, with the Rams, you know, he has Super Bowl as well. So, you know, he learned a lot from being under Aaron Donald. So, uh, you see all, a lot of his, his, his knowledge stuff. But, you know, I learned a lot from Greg, too, in college. So, um, yeah. I like that Vita said that he learned a lot from Greg Gaines because there's also a lot of younger guys in this D-line room with – Kalijah Kansi is a rookie, and Logan Hall only going into his second year. And up until a couple of days ago, you, you didn't have that veteran presence of Will Golston. So I was very curious to see what Vita was going to do with now taking another guy under his wing. Vita became a team captain last season, but I still think he's kind of embracing that that um, leadership role a, a little bit more. How do you see it with Vita? Yeah, I think it, it's kind of interesting because he was asked today about it and he was saying like it, it's kind of crazy how time flies because he's already one of the veteran leaders on this team. And it, it's partly because you, you've seen so much turnover on the defensive line. I mean, obviously, you know, this in, including, you know, the front seven as a whole. Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul is gone. Dominic and Sue's gone. Akeem Hicks has come and gone. So you're seeing some of these guys that he's been playing with and, and been those veteran voices. Now he's the veteran voice and, and – you know, I think it was important for him to become a captain for the first time last year. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'd actually be pretty surprised if he wasn't again this season. He's got himself up on one of the corners of the stadium this year. You know, he's he's yeah. pretty soft-spoken, you know, Vita Vea, but he is, is a very important figure for the Bucks, both, you know, just on the field and as far as being a figure in that locker room. Yeah, it very much feels like it. he's not standoffish by any means. I just don't think he's the most open person to the media, and that's totally fine. But if Vita rides with you, if you're like in his inner circle or you you know him more on a personal level, um, he seems like one of the most fun guys to be around. I mean, you saw it at the the parade a little bit. You know, he took the yeah. camera and when they won the Super Bowl, he took the camera, was moving it around. He was dumping water on Bruce Arians. He was he took the mic and started yelling. So um, it was cool to see him make captain last season. I think he's going to be even more of a leader this year, just kind of, you know, given that given the situation that he's in now with two younger players along that defensive line. And the reason why I keep putting up this picture of Vita Vea and Baker Mayfield is because Baker is the one doing calisthenics with the defensive line, just, you know, trying to build that chemistry 
with everybody. And you kind of just talked about Vita mentioning his role uh, as a leader. And you also spoke about how Baker Mayfield has fit in. They've even uh, gone golfing together. Um, it's still pretty crazy. No time flies. Um, but, you know, I kind of learned from um, with the guys when my best in the past um, showed me. So I try to, you know, learn from what they taught me and try to uh, shed light on these uh, younger guys and you know, try to lead them in the right direction. pretty well you know he, he gets along with everybody so um you know he's, he's been he's been pretty good with us so you know he's, he's a cool cat uh you know we got to hang out with him a couple times in the spring and he's that chemistry so um he's been, been blast so far so he's been spending time not just with the, the skill players and the offensive line he's spending time with the guys too yeah I mean, you know we try to build chemistry with everybody and you know try to get close with everybody but um like that of Vita Vea or any of the press conferences we've had, make sure to please follow us on our social media platforms on Twitter, also known as X, shout out Exhibit, um, <laughs> and also DMX, RIP DMX. Um, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads, we're at Pewter Report, and our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's going to do it for us on this episode there is no practice tomorrow on Saturday, so it's an off day tomorrow for the team. No podcast tomorrow, but we're going to have one on Sunday with practice once again in the morning um, on Sunday. The practice in the morning at 8.30 will be live at 4 p.m. Eastern time, recapping everything from practice again. And the pads come on, so even that much more exciting. That'll do it for us on this afternoon show for Bailey Adams. I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everybody for watching. We love you, Peter people have a great weekend and we will see you on Sunday for another edition of the Peter report podcast. Peace out. Out.